thank you for tuning in to the Undercuts review episode of the Spanish Grand Prix. We hope you enjoy it. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. All right, guys. So we had the Spanish Grand Prix this weekend. Uh, it was It's one of the most well-known tracks to the drivers. Uh, they've done a lot of testing there. Um, and we spoke a little bit about it in our last episode that, you know, it's not it hasn't been in the past the best racing. Um, but with the new cars, it was going to be interesting. And especially with with this weekend, we had so many upgrades um, I think all of the teams upgraded except for Haas, and they went back a little bit to try some of their old stuff is what, what I gathered. Nick, were there any of the upgrades that, that you found surprising from the start? Well, the biggest surprise was Haas not bringing any upgrades. It was kind of, And then they both got through to Q3, which was awesome. Um, obviously, the talk of the paddock was the Aston Martin. Obviously, they have a track record of plagiarizing other teams. They said... And apparently they have evidence. And the reason that the the FIA kicked Red Bull's pr- protest out was they got evidence that they'd had this in the wind tunnel back in November. And this was just like a plan B, essentially, car. I don't know. So that was kind of surprising. As for the rest, obviously, a lot of upgrades going on. I think the all eyes were on Mercedes to see what they could do and if, see if they could get closer to the front. Red Bull had been very aggressive in their upgrades in the last few weeks, so maybe they brought slightly less than than others, you know, Ferrari bringing some too. So it was really a case of were Ferrari going to be able to make themselves jump ahead of Red Bull again and how close were Mercedes going to be? It was it was really cool to see now that we have all these new regulations and seeing how all these teams are approaching with what they've done before and now bringing these upgrades kind of trying to to level the playing field a little bit. Martin, was there anything that, that really stuck out to you that Nick didn't touch on? No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Great. So let's get into qualifying. Not that he didn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to leave something on the table next time. Sorry. <laughs> All good. We get into qualifying. We are expecting Aston Martin. You know, they have this new car that looks like Red Bull. Um, they brought a lot of upgrades, you know, and they get out in Q1 Martin. It was uh, really disappointing from them. Yeah, it, it just seemed like they just lacked the pace. Um, there wasn't any anything uh, particular driver error or anything that seemed to push them down the grid. They just didn't have it. Um, maybe the upgrades aren't working as well as they hoped. I guess the fact that they were, it was like the Red Bull Mark II. Everyone was thinking, oh, all this controversy, Aston Martin going to be like right at the front of the field. And then they weren't. And it was like, all right then. Yeah, why? Why? what was all that talk about? That was a big old waste of time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, it was kind of similar to when Mercedes brought the car with the no side pods and everybody was really worried. And then they saw the car on the track and they're like, oh, never mind. It's okay. <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, another thing that was going on this weekend, Lando apparently was really sick all weekend. It ended up being tonsillitis, we found out after the race. But he was able to get it into Q3 um, while having tonsillitis, which is pretty, pretty amazing. He was really able to push through, which was great. Um, and then in Q3, we had both the Haas's get through, like we said, without any, without any upgrades. And then Leclerc doing crazy stuff, spinning out on his first his first flyer in 
in Q3. And then on that last lap, he, he put in one of the best laps that he's had in his career. And Martin, you must have been going crazy when he when he had that lap. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too concerned, you know, as a Ferrari fan, you know, when he when he span out uh, at first, they thought he had the pace. But yeah, then the pressure's on and he has had to deliver. Um, but historically, the guy that finishes the qualifying last puts in the fastest time. So he was one of the first guys out because he didn't want anybody in his way. He had to put in the lap. He did it. But I kind of expected Max to come through and sort of take it away from him. That was sort of my expectation. Um, So when Max came on the radio saying no power um, and just dropped away and aborted his lap completely, and it was uh, confirmed, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, the way that it dropped off like that, I thought, uh oh, is that another fuel pickup issue? Because it didn't, it just kind of happened. And then, and then he was fine. It just, it was just like, it it kind of cut out and then it was nothing wrong. And then Horner, Horner said afterwards that it was a DRS issue, but it didn't look like a DRS issue. It looked like a power, like a engine. The DRS doesn't give you more power. No. Not, not, not in that, yeah, not in that, not in that respect. So, who who knows? Obviously, mind games at play. The my concern was waiting for the next day to see if something had to happen to Max's car. You know, if they had to do something to fix it. Uh, clearly, that wasn't the case. Well, they did spend a lot of time trying to fix the DRS, and, and I guess we'll come to that in a minute. But <laughs> they did, yeah, they, yeah. when they he was sitting in the garage and they'd kind of get it all stripped down, they were sanding it down, they were getting files out and all sorts, trying to trying to sort it out. I don't know. Yeah. It was it, it was odd. I think the, the the funny. I don't know if it's funny, but the, the, my biggest memory from qualifying was Esteban Ocon just trying to get past Carlos Sainz in in uh, was that in Q two or was that in the first go around in Q three? I can't remember, but it was like Esteban Ocon's coming out and he's kind of elbowing his way through because he wants to be the first guy through on a qualifying lap. And I think that messed up Carlos Sainz a little bit. And then you could see it in his second run. He was trying to get in front of everyone else rather than just kind of being calm and doing all of that. But um, I think that the way that it was an interesting grid order, you know, I think that the people were probably in the right places outside of maybe Max because I think he would he have got pole. I'm not sure, but you can never count him out. Yeah, well, George George outqualified Perez. That was mildly surprising, but maybe that showed the the pace on the the new pace of the Mercedes and then obviously Lewis there in in sixth so Mercedes cementing themselves as a quote unquote top 3 team now yeah. it looks like they've sorted the porpoising out which has yeah. been obviously what's been their biggest issue i didn't really see much in the race around porpoising but i did see in some of Carlos Sainz's in helmet view there were a couple of times on the lap when he when you could tell that his car was porpoising but I guess the Ferrari can just ride it out pretty well. And something else that I found surprising was Fernando was looking so good all week or in like the first two practice sessions. And then he just totally bombed it and qualifying and didn't make it out of Q3. Um, but I mean, that ended up being good for them because it gave them the opportunity to bring in the new, and I don't know if it was a full engine or just new parts, but he was able to take the penalty and it didn't, it didn't cost him all that much. Yeah, yeah, it, it looked like they were, they may have had to have taken it anyway. Even if it had been starting at the you know further forward, then it would have penalized him more. So I guess it was a net neutral kind of outcome. But you always like to see Fernando closer to the front, yeah, yeah especially at his home race, yeah, especially in Spain. And I mean, at, at least Carlos was up there for the fans. Um, but you know, it was an exciting one, and we'll get into it. 
Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a -a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F-number-one.com, where you can put your theories to the test. Race day. We get to the start, and there was a lot of movement on the first lap and a lot of action on the first lap. I mean, George had a great start getting up into getting up into third. He started. He was in fifth, right? He qualified in fifth, I think, or in fourth. No, Russell's qualified fourth. Fourth, yeah. So yeah, he got up into third, and then uh, Carlos basically Carlos Carlos uh, anti stalled, kicked in very yeah. briefly. I believe if you saw the replay, yeah. So that that's what cost him his start uh and uh you're never going to get that back george slipped through and then alonzo's start he he got five spots in the first lap it, it was crazy he was uh that that new engine was working for him and then of course the main thing in the first lap was lewis and kevin magnuson bumping into each other them both spinning out lewis ended up having a puncture and nick he, he was ready to quit he was ready to to go on to monaco at this point he, he was he, you know he's like don't waste this engine on this race let's go on to the next one and yeah he, he sounded kind of down he, he was in a really unfortunate situation because he, you know, he's battling with Sergio Perez. Perez was on the outside of him and he just kept, kept to his line and, and Kevin Magnuson, he didn't turn in. He just, the, the, the two just came together. And, you know, that was a shame for both of them because obviously Kevin Magnuson qualified very, very well. And then, you know, both of them were put back, put to the back of the grid, uh, back of the field. So not the best start, but, you know, for me, racing incident, it was probably, if you ask me, slightly more Magnuson's fault than it was Lewis's fault. He, you know, if you're going around the outside, your front wheel needs to be ahead of the person you're trying to pass to have a right to the corner. But I guess yeah. they're trying to let people race. So fair enough. Magnuson came on the on the radio and uh, accused Hamilton of trying to ramp him. I'm not quite sure what that exactly means. I've not heard that phrase before but i guess that i think it was just the person that wrote the thing on the thing oh, oh right. the text-to-speech yeah the text-to-speech yeah, or whatever or whoever was doing it, it had a little twitch in their right little finger i don't know <laughs> anyway uh, he thought he yeah, hit him on purpose together. essentially which yeah. was i mean he it, de- yeah he definitely was which is ludicrous yeah um, especially if you look at the replays. But uh, yeah. those guys, even at the very beginning of the race, the drivers are already suffering. I think it was crazy hot day. The drivers were doing everything they could to stay cool, which when you, you mentioned already Lando being sick, I, I can't imagine the kind of day he had to do what he did uh, when you're not feeling well. So um, there were there were a lot of radio transmissions throughout the, 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 the race where the drivers were getting hot under the collar for sure. So maybe he can be forgiven for getting a bit angry at perceived angry at Hamilton but it ended up giving Hamilton a puncture I'm not sure what what happened with with Magnuson but he had to, he had to pit also um and then they were at the back and then a couple laps later we get kind of the first action and of course Carlos is the one that spins out and off the track again um it's it's really been a brutal stretch of races for him um, and he drops down to 11th place already in 
on the sixth lap. It was, uh, it's been brutal for him. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or it, it does, I don't think it's a skill thing. It, it's, it's gotta be confidence, right, Martin? I, mean, I think I'm, it was, I'm might re- be a wind I'm, I'm, thing. I don't know. I'm go- yes. I'm ready to dismiss the whole, whole thing. When he, when he span off, I was dis- I was upset. I was unhappy. I'm like, Carlos, what are you doing? Come on, get it together. You need to put in a good race, you know, we want you to do well. But then uh, Max spun out as well at the same corner, the, the same problem. So, oh, it's just the wind blew them off the track. It could happen to anybody. It's all fine. Don't worry about it. You know, not a big deal. So Yeah, so yeah, gust, gust, gusty wind gust, just kind of gusty. stalling stalling out a little bit the, the aero. And obviously you change the aero balance, particularly on the back of the car. You know, if you're putting the foot down, it's going to step out it doesn't it, it doesn't happen very often um not in, not in my knowledge uh, i don't buy it i haven't seen cars spin out uh cars spin out due to wind related issues but that's what the teams are saying what 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 can we say there didn't seem to be anything on the track that caused it um it's interesting to see both cars go off in a similar similar fashion assuming the drivers could adjust uh knowing that it happened to two cars then they probably took it slightly easier through that corner but yeah, I mean, I've I've seen it where you know changing wind direction or gusty winds mean that you've not quite got the same amount of downforce and, and you guys lock up into a corner. I've seen that, but I haven't people haven't really seen people just spinning out like losing the rear because because of the bad issue. So that was a little weird, but I don't know with these new rules, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Because there's less, I mean, more of the more of the downforce is coming from underneath the car. So you'd have thought that it wouldn't do that. It's kind of counterintuitive to the way that they're running the aero, that it's less dependent on the air going over the car and more on the air going under the car. So it just still seems a little weird still, to me. If you lose, if you lose some downforce, you lose some downforce. But but if Carlos went that- on by himself and that was fine. <laughs> But for Max to do it at the, like at the, the next lap or the one after that was was a little odd. But go ahead, yeah. Martin. But I was just going to say, Max. I mean, that, I think it was lap nine when Max uh, spun out as well. But I don't think he was really making any impression on on Charles in front. Um, you know, they were sort of holding station. I thought it was already. You know, the the Ferrari was working well, and I thought Max had blown it at that point. You know, like he's put himself at the back of this pack, you know, what they're going to do now. And uh, it was definitely Charles's race to lose at that point. Yeah. I mean, when that, when that spin out happened, so Max dropped down to fourth and then George who was doing incredible defensive driving, holding these two Red Bulls up that were obviously a lot faster than, than he was. By the time he Max spun out, I mean, Charles was already 10 seconds ahead of them and we're only, we're not even 10 laps in. Um, so it was already looking like Charles was, was going to have. Yeah. yeah. George was driving very defensively and solidly, you know, not putting a foot wrong. He was planting his car in the right spots on the track at the end of the, the pit, uh, the pit straight. He moved his car, made it as, as wide as possible, knew exactly what he was doing and he was able to keep them initially Checo behind him. And then when they, the Red Bull switched the two around to give Max a go or the same. There was one move, I think that maybe the first time that Checo had a go where George was, eh, was a little in on the border of, was it was there a second move in there? But I think it was fine. I think it was just, yeah. he, he went to try and go back over there and then he kind of realized that, no, I'm not allowed to do that. And then we got into the, the fight with, was Max's DRS working or not working? It seemed to work in one DRS zone, but not the other DRS zone. And then you could see the flap opening and and initially closing. 
and Max already in a hot cockpit, getting hot under the collar, screaming at his engine race engineers that they couldn't get this right. That was the only spot where, where passing was possible. I mean, there, I think there were yeah. like a couple little spots where people were able to make great moves and get past people, but the majority of the passing for this race was was on, on the first turn on that on that main straight. Whilst this is going on, you know, Charles is just disappearing off into the distance while they fight each other. I think he built up enough of a lead that did he pit? He did he pit and came out in front of everybody still? Yeah, yeah, he pit, he pitted on like lap twenty two, I think. Yeah, but he was still yeah. the way that it was shaking was still, out. I don't, I don't. He was still first, right? No. Yeah, he was still everyone five else had already ahead. pitted. Yeah, he was still five seconds ahead when he came out because George was holding them up so yeah. well that he was able to come out with yeah. no problem. Is that when Max made the move on on George and it looked like he got it done through the first corner? But George hung tough. Around. That was a good tussle. That was a really good was, tussle. That was great. And, and you had the, because they're not allowed to talk to, they're not allowed to call the race director anymore. And so now they have to kind of do the coded radio messages. Like, ooh, did you think he gave you a, a car width there? And it's like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but he came, when, when Russell came back across the front um, of, uh, Max on, on the third corner. Like, I mean, I don't know how much space there was between the rear of George's car and the front of not Max's car. Lot. It was not a lot at all. <laughs> so I'm not sure who broke or who, who stayed it, had their foot down, but great, great bit of racing. How they didn't come together was uh, amazing. Yeah. And I think that that was, that was a good phase of the race. There was a lot of action yeah. going on, you know, yeah. and it was, as, as much as I don't like DRS, it, it does make it more exciting um, and it keeps people close. And I mean, one thing that I would say about this race, this race is usually a bit of a snooze fest. You know, you, you get in front and you stay in front. 10 years ago, Pastor Maldonado won for Williams in this race. He started on pole and he managed to stay ahead. And he was at the race. He was, he was. actually, yeah. um, a friend of mine works for Williams and, uh, he put a picture on Facebook of him with Pastor Maldonado in the garage. <laughs> it's like 10 years later. I still, yeah. I, he, he still can't believe it, but you know, everyone knows this circuit is not usually great for overtaking, but the cars were really running close together. That was around lap 24 when that battle was, was really, really ramping up. And then we get to lap 27 and Charles is way ahead, but all you hear is him saying, oh, no, on the radio. And you hear his, his engine whine a little bit, and then he's he's out of the race. I mean, Martin, that was, that was brutal. Yeah, just seemed to come out of nowhere. He was cruising to victory. Um, he had it in the bag. Any euphemism, insert any euphemism you want, it seemed. Um, but uh, mechanical gremlins, I guess they've hit Red Bull so far this year. Ferrari of mostly stayed away from that kind of trouble, but not this time. And, uh, yeah, he's out. I, I don't know if I've even heard since I've not seen, uh, an actual explanation about what happened to his power unit. I believe they still don't know. At least that's what they're saying publicly. No points for him. And it was there for, for the Red Bulls, I suppose. Although when he went out, it, uh, George was in the lead, right? So George yeah. inherited the lead of the race with yep. the Red Bulls right behind him. So, Suddenly, this weekend was looking amazing for Mercedes, potentially, you know, leading the race, you know, 20 plus laps in. They didn't expect that uh, coming into the race. So 
they must have been pretty excited. And it was unfortunate for Charles. There was then Zhou Guanyu. He retired with what sounded like a really similar, similar issue problem, with yeah. his Ferrari engine. Later on in the race, the uh, the TV crew did ask Mattia Bonotto when he when they were talking to him on the pit wall if he thought that they were two were related. And it's like, yeah, you don't ask the Ferrari guy that. So we get a couple more laps in and Checo who has gotten past Max, I guess Max pitted. So he was able to get back ahead of Max. Um, And he is the one that's finally able to get past George and he does it pretty easily with the DRS that's working fine for him. Um, And he's leading the race. Um, and it, it was looking really good for him. You weren't really sure where, wh- how Max was going to do when he came back out because of the DRS. Um, so we were thinking maybe, maybe this could be Checo's race, but then Checo ends up hitting, um, a couple laps later and he drops into second and then it's Max one, two and George in third halfway through the race. And then the rest of the top 10 at the halfway point, Botas is in fourth. He's having a great race. Science is back up into fifth. Lewis is in sixth place at this point after dropping all the way down to 19th. Um, he was doing amazing. Ocon was up there and Vettel was in the top 10. Norris and Alonso coming from 20th was the, was the person in 10th place at the halfway point in the race. I mean, a lot of guys that are coming from in the back of the pack and, and able to get up to the front. I mean, it, it was really exciting and you didn't really notice it until you kind of got to that point where they're getting close to the top. Yeah. And this, this was a phase of the race where it, it was it, the strategies were all coming into play and it's like, well, who's going to do what? Are they going to go for a three stopper? Are they going to go on a two stopper? And everyone seemed to pit at the similar sort of time. And, and so you didn't really know who was going to go all the way to the end. I mean, at one point, I think they came onto George's radio and said, Perez is going in on one stopper. I think he ended up on a three stopper. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was kind of, but I don't know where I'm not entirely sure exactly which lap it was on, but when it was a Red Bull one, two, and maybe it was, maybe it was slightly later in the race where Checo was coming up and he was on a faster tire and he was clearly way, way faster than Max. They said, you're on different strategies. And all I could hear in my mind is like, yeah, Max is on the win strategy. <laughs> and you're not, which must really suck. Because when you look at, it, you know, Perez had the DRS, everything was working perfectly on his car, and he he could have won the race. He should have won the race, but they weren't going to let him win the race. They were going to use they were going to use him to cover off every eventuality and get Max to the front. Yeah, absolutely. They split their strategies right there. Once uh, once Leclerc was out, they they changed everything around just to maximize the chance for Max to win and take care of whatever. Russell could come up with, which in the end he was just completely overpowered, much yeah. like they did to Leclerc when Sainz wasn't around a couple of races ago. There was nothing he could do. Yeah, I mean they couldn't defend both strategies with one car. It's just not just not going to happen. No, not possible. At this point, Max and and Checo are are so far ahead of George at this point that they're just kind of able to pit and they just switch back and forth. And Lewis pitted. Where was it? When did Lewis pit? He, he went on to softs. So it was like lap 49 and he goes on to soft tires and it's like, all right, we'll, we'll see if he's able to kind of charge up here and see what he's able to do. It was, uh, I was not sure how it was going to work out, but it was exciting to, to see Lewis up there with a chance of, of battling to get up near the top. I think, uh, didn't he put in the, he put in a fastest lap of the race 
he was uh, around that point. So shows what the Mercedes could do a little bit there. I mean, obviously the Red Bulls didn't have to push that hard at that particular point in the in the race and others. You know, Lewis knows this track very well. I think if you if you were paying attention just before the race started, they showed you the list of the past winners and it was just Hamilton's name six times in a row. <laughs> so yeah, there was he knows a, what he's doing. Except in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> obviously there was that, the famous coming together in 2016 of, oh. of Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton on the first first lap yes. and, and that was Max's first uh, win. Max's first win yeah yeah absolutely absolutely at this point in the race Lewis came out and he was on really fresh rubber he came out behind Bottas he got a good run up behind him through turn one and then he just drove around the outside of him it was, not, it, it was yeah. he just went straight around the outside obviously much much fresher tires uh, Bottas at this point I think he came on the radio side this two-stop strategy probably wasn't the best idea because by then his obviously his tires were not doing what they needed to. But you don't often see overtaking get done there. But then you know Lewis he, he kept on he kept on going. He drove up uh, right behind Carlos, right. So on one hand you had Charles in the first half of the race kind of driving away at the front a little bit, or at least holding Max off quite easily until Max spun. But then Lewis at the end was able to drive up on the back of the Ferrari towards the end of the race and and overtake him. Not quite. I'm still now. I'm back to worried about worrying about Carlos again and his performance, um, especially at his home race. So not not a good look for him. Not a good look for Ferrari. But yeah, great great for Mercedes. Yeah, because Lewis got ahead of got ahead of Carlos. Yeah, and then something went wrong with That's his just, car I mean, yeah, it, it was a cooling ran, ran issue cooling. was it brakes yeah, i think co- what was happening the cooling there? i think he lost lost all coolant i don't know how much coolant fluid these cars actually hold if any but apparently whatever small amount he had he lost and so yeah he had to coast slightly and had to back off yeah so shame that he he had to drop back from being a, a like a one two red bull three four mercedes but obviously then Carlos in front of his home crowd getting up into fourth place, which I think is his best result in Spain. And then we had another situation with Mick Schumacher in the points again and not able to hold on and gets passed pretty easily. At least he didn't crash into somebody this time, but um, Mick's really struggling at the end of races. I don't, I don't know what it is with him, but he's really, he's really having a tough time holding on to those points finishes. Yeah, I didn't realize he'd gone all this slid all the way down to to 14th, which is really not where you want to be. Yeah, unfortunate. I think obviously last time out in Miami that was just, you know, that was just not great crashing into Vettel like that. You look at the pace of the the Haas on a single lap in qualifying and they're getting right up there, but they're just not in race spec, they're just not getting it done. They they're moving backwards in the race, which is a shame because obviously K Mag came together with Lewis. Who knows where he'd have been if it had stayed there? It, you know, up at that point of the, the track. But I don't know. Just this midfield is just so competitive. Anyone can end up anywhere. Although surprised to see Albon the last on the track. I didn't really see him on TV the whole race. I don't quite know what happened to him. But you know, Latifi finished sixteenth. He finished the race. Good lad. And then, you know, K-Mag and, and Albon finished behind Magnussen. So, yeah, I don't really know what went on. And then, so we spoke about it briefly, but the very second to last lap of the race, Carlos was able to to get past Lewis. We were talking about how 
he had the fluid issue and and that was it that was it so just running through the order real quick i mean it was max in first checo george for the podium carlos in fourth lewis in fifth botas okan norris alonso and yuki so that was that was the top 10 good old yuki got a point yeah he got a point yeah, I, I just to be just to go off on a tangent for a second, talking about our buddy Yuki. Did, did you see on social media F one since the last race? They had this thing where they asked all the drivers to place from the tallest to the shortest. Mm-hmm. Who you know? Who, yeah, I did watch that. Who was the ta- you know the the height order of the different drivers? Obviously, everyone got Yuki as the shortest <laughs> and I it's all in metric and I'm Martin and I are British. So we, we, we can understand metric, but when it comes to it's people's heights, to we, it, it, it's like, yeah, no, it's, I'm feet in inches. I always have been. Right? <laughs> yeah. So they're like kind of these three figure numbers. And it's like, well, that's really kind of short. And, but it was like, there was 12 centimeters, I think, or 13 centimeters between the second shortest driver and Yuki. Yuki's like five, <laughs> two, maybe five, three. He's a tiny little dude. And then yeah. I think Fernando, maybe the, the, the next shortest yeah. and, and Fernando he was is, I think, about the same height as me. So I always think like, I'm, I'm like formula one driver height. Right. And I guess not anymore. <laughs> They're all getting a bit taller these days. I didn't realize how tall Latifi was. He's really tall. Yeah, and George, I think Latifi, well, George, yeah. Esteban Ocon is the tallest. Yeah, that, that was what they said. He's like six two or six three, which is like, which is like I, I remember when um, Justin Wilson back in two thousand, I think it was maybe two thousand and one, when he went into F one and he was like far and away the, the tallest F one driver that ever been, and they, they kind of crammed him in this Minardi car with his knees up by his ears, and I think he was six three or six four. But he was like massively taller than everyone else. So to have like, you know, a lot more of the taller F1 drivers, I guess if the drivers are good, they make the cars to fit them. Right. You say, you know, Esteban Ocon, very good driver, you know, beat Max Verstappen in um, Renault, Formula Renault. So if if you're good enough, they'll build the car around you. But if I, you're wide, if you're wide too, like uh, Nigel Mansell, they'll build the build the car around you as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so winners, Martin. Who is uh, who's your big winner? Well, uh, Ferrari, obviously, you know, their car was the the best until it didn't didn't work anymore. I mean. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh I mean yes uh, ov- obviously uh Red Bull uh won two they look great I mean they 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 won despite um you know having some issues in at the end of qualifying and issues during the race but it all came back to them they did exactly what they needed to do you could say they got a little bit lucky with Charles dropping out but even with that they were probably going to finish second and third and who knows what could have happened so they look strong. They win every single race that they finish. Max's third win in a row. The signs are the signs are not looking good for Ferrari right now. No, if Max finishes a race, he finishes first, and he, he wins. Yeah. And, and that's it. I mean, he's his evolution since becoming world champion has actually been pretty pretty impressive. 
right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's the maturity level to just kind of drive through stuff and, and take his time and pick and analyze races and know what he's doing. He's got that confidence about him. And it, it's a very, very different season this season to what we've seen over the last couple of years, right? And two races in, three races in, it was like, oh, wow, Max Verstappen's really, really on the back foot. But now look at him. He, he's leading the championship now, he's right? Lead, he's, I, I he's sli- yeah, he's slightly ahead. He's walking the walk f- for sure. But Ferrari showed that they can they can do it. They have they they brought some upgrades. They were leading the race. They qualified on pole again. They were leading the race comfortably. Um, Science's issues aside, still so many races to go. So much more racing. Leclerc was magnanimous after the or during the race actually when they were interviewing when he got back to the garage to say that he he's going to try and take those positives out of it because. You can't you can't dwell on the past. Certainly, when it wasn't his fault. I put Ferrari as a loser on the weekend, and it's not even necessarily because of how they drove. It's just the fact that they had such a commanding lead a few races ago, and now they're losing in both championships. And Red Bull looks to be getting better. They have Mercedes breathing down their neck now. Their whole body language just looks so different from when it did three three races ago. I, I don't take quite the negative that much of a negative view. I think science is the big question mark. I, I'm disappointed that he is not he's not playing that Sergio Perez role that Red Bull had, that Max has. Obviously, Mercedes, uh, Russell, and Hamilton driving well uh, as each other, but science is just is just not there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and when you think that science had the measure of Leclerc last year, how times have changed. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, Mercedes, like we we said earlier on today, cementing themselves as the the third best team and and, and on the the upswing. Um, A faster car, solid driving by the drivers. Um, You know, George defending his position as well as he could for as long as he could, battling uh, with Max. And then Lewis just siding through the field, you know, from despondency to should we just forget about it to finishing ultimately fifth could have easily been fourth who is unbelievable and deservedly uh, was voted uh, driver of the day in terms of winners yeah mercedes must be must be happy i think i think that they still see that they've got some work to do but george led the race so they've led a race yeah. for the first time this year lewis in a race where he had contact on the first lap and went to the back of the grid, failing obviously that last minute issue to have finished ahead of Carlos Sainz in a race where there's ridiculous. no safety car. Yeah, ridiculous. That's, you know, that's a drive. That's a drive right there. So I think Mercedes are going to be happy. George couldn't hang on. And, and actually, you look at where George finished relative to where Lewis finished, and Lewis went to the back of the field and had that long pit stop while they sorted him out at the start of the race lewis despite his despondency drove a really great race yeah he took uh 30 plus seconds out of uh russell over the course of the race he was 40 plus per seconds down and uh, finished yeah 10 seconds behind him or, or that's or less. so that's solid it's amazing yeah i mean he, i guess his, his guys and his engineers had to give him a bit of a slap and said you know there's still 65 laps left of this race. Get, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, Bono, Bono said, come on, we can get to P8, you know. And then yeah. <laughs> that was, that was pessimistic as it turned out. That's pessimistic as it turned out. Yeah, could have had P4. Yeah, that was crazy. And then the last winner that I had, although there were a couple to choose from, but I said that Alpine had to be, has to be. I mean, the way that they were in qualifying and 
to be able to have two in the points at the end, like that, they had a great, they had a great race. Fernando was amazing, and Ocon was steady. Ocon had a had a decent race. You know, Fernando started the back of the grid. If you start at the back of the grid and you finish in what was he seventh? Was he eighth? How did Ninth. how did he end up? Ninth Still, he was place. in the points. O- o- Ocon yeah. was was yeah. seventh, and uh, yeah, and Fernando was ninth. Still, he made his way through half the field. That's a good day in anyone's book, right? Yeah, Alpine, Alpine is solid. Alpine and Alpha, in the given the right set of circumstances, they could be on the podium. You know, obviously Alpine won a race last year, but that was kind of a little bit weird. But they could do it again, and so could Alfa Romeo and Bottas. Obviously, doing doing a really good job in in the Alpha. Again, the strategy didn't work for him today. But he's always there. He's always right there. Yeah. And uh, it's good to see. So, Nick, do you have anybody that, that uh, sticks out for you as a loser on the on the weekend? I think Haas would have hoped for more out of this weekend, given that they both got through to Q3. Obviously, like I said earlier on, they didn't bring any upgrades to this race. Maybe that was telling in that, yeah, through qualifying, people maybe still tweaking and they, it was kind of amusing that the, that the team that didn't bring any upgrades got through to Q3. But I guess those upgrades really were geared towards race pace, which is what you, what scores you the points. You know, there's no point in qualifying well if you can't then put a car on a track for 200 miles on a Sunday. Right, it seems that they're moving backwards all the time. Whether in the hands of Mick, who I, I like, you said Jason, I don't, I don't quite know why he he can't close out a race. Obviously, Magnussen didn't do himself or or the team any favors on lap one, so that was kind of unfortunate. Yeah, Martin, how about you? Any anybody stick out for you? No, just uh, I mean, just to say again, uh, a big shout to shout out to Norris for for doing. He didn't really show up too much on the TV. But knowing what we now know about uh, his health during the race, uh, a solid race from him in, in must, what must have been very tough conditions. Yeah, and a very lonely race. I, don't, I think there was no one yeah. within 10 seconds in front or 10 seconds behind him. But, you know, he scores solid, consistent points. And for yeah. a team in that position, that's all you, all you really want. I mean, Daniel Ricciardo just, again... Beat his teammate, yeah, exactly. Where did Danny Rick finish? 12th. 12th. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like you've got to do better than yeah. that. And he was yeah. in Q3. He yeah. was in the top 10. I mean, it's it's pretty – it's another guy. Yeah. Danny is just – he's an anomaly right now. I, I can't really explain what's going on. I mean, there's no disputing his his racecraft. I mean, he's the last of the late breakers. For, there's something about this car he just can't get a hand, handle on. You know, it's like, well, how, how long is it going to run like this? You know, he went to Renault. He, he did okay. He just didn't want to be – he didn't want to be Max's teammate. Which I can respect. He's not had a car that's even capable of a win since, especially. Well, obviously, I say that he won in in Monza last it's year. Just say he won. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got it in him. He's a good driver. It's just, it's got life has to be tough for Daniel Ricciardo right now. So, Martin, do you have a uh, a rundown of what happened in in Coops this week? I had an okay week. <clears throat> Not as good as I, Nick, though. I think you. You looked. You're setting your, you're setting yourself up there. Um, yeah, this one particular guy, seven up three R, had a good had a good uh, he's, week. He's a the, pine sports guy. 
Yeah. That's you, isn't it? Isn't no. that you? No. Oh no, that, I thought that was you. Oh sorry. Oh, he's the he's another pine sports guy. Oh yeah. sorry. Oh, I've um, plummeted yeah, he, down he, the field. I have plummeted down to seven points for him. I thought you were um, in third. Yeah, no, you're yeah, you're you're down. You went, you dropped one spot to third. Uh, I think Nick. Uh, I moved up like forty-one spots. So nice coming back yeah, up. Yeah, I'm. I'm still hanging around in the middle. It was uh, as far as points points as go. Um, it wasn't a highly scored race, you know, with one of the main front runners dropping down. Um, a lot of people lose a lot of points there, you know, with Charles not not finishing. Um, so 265 points at the top of the tree. Um, but, uh, yeah. And only, only one week's gap now before, um, Monaco next week. What are your guys' expectations for, for Monaco with the new cars? I mean, it looked like it, it helped in Barcelona, but Monaco is a different animal. I mean, we just, I personally, of course, I just hope it, you know, Charles's home race, uh, he knows the circuit like the back of his hand. He put the car on pole last year but obviously uh broke it so he couldn't couldn't start the race it seems like he had another crash in monaco this week i think he crashed nikki lauder's yeah. like historic ferrari yeah. Ooh, 74 that, buff out? <laughs> but then hopefully that's his monaco luck bad luck done right exactly he's done his crash he's done his crash in monaco similar, it was in a similar he, spot i think ha, to where he crashed has he finished it was, race? A, it was a corner later yeah has he finished a race at monaco i don't yet? think he has I don't, I don't think I he. Don't I, don't, yeah, I don't think he has. He certainly hasn't won one. So, um, yeah, all eyes will be on him, which is is going to be tough because he could have gone into that race after you know, sort of winning today and putting the demons behind him a little bit of his mistake from earlier on in the season when he went for the uh, the win. But uh, yeah, the pressure is going to be on him to to deliver. See what he can do. Yeah, uh, these cars are big uh, around Monaco. These are big, big cars, and Monaco's tight anyway. Like having a bicycle race around your living room. Yeah, I think one driver famously famously <laughs> said. So uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. yeah. It, it it's going to be. I think whoever qualifies on pole is going to clearly be the odds-on favorite. I think. If you think about everything we've said about the relative performance and the characteristics of the cars, you know, Red Bull versus Ferrari versus Mercedes, the Ferrari is the car that everyone has always said. Round the corners, the the, the Ferrari is the better car. Yeah. So round Monaco, you'd expect Ferrari to be right there at the front. And so not wanting to make too many predictions, but going into next week, it's Ferrari. It should be on the face of it, Ferraris to lose. And based on the performance of the drivers right now, I'd say Leclerc to win. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that as well. We're all on the same page. <laughs> and then what, watch, uh, you know, watch uh, Pierre Gasly get a win <laughs> again. <laughs> He's already won one. So, let, let, yeah. okay. So, okay. Latifi. <laughs> no, a realistic, <laughs> but, un, un, but unreasonable, you know. Un, uh, okay. Here, here we go. An unexpected but plausible winner, Valtteri Bottas. There you I go. Said, I said it before you. Oh, I do. Was... <laughs> well, I don't know. Depends we said how it... Jason cuts that together. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it could be. I mean, as an outside yeah. chance, I 
Absolutely. in with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Got the, he knows what he's doing. He, he's done it before. He's, cut, he's got the car under him. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Throw a bit of rain in there, maybe. Bit of a sprinkle. Just, you know, it, it was back to business as usual in Spain, right? It was all the fanfare, all of the hype, all of the celebrity was, you know, things were back to normal in, in Spain. And they're going to, obviously, Monaco is next, which is, yeah. again, you know, the glitz and the glamour. So I think it, it was, was good. It was good that they could actually talk to drivers on the the pit walk at the beginning and get their opinions yeah. rather than you know rando influencers. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the classical, the classical, <laughs> the couple of like yeah, classical music pieces that they had playing, you know, for ten minutes before the start of the race was a <laughs> interesting juxtaposition to the party atmosphere of Miami. But I think uh, I think it's good that each race has its own. Yeah, and Gunter was saying that. Gunter Steiner was saying that. It's like not all races need to be Miami. Every race yeah. just has needs to have its own character. It's like you're not yeah. going to have a Miami race in the Red Bull Ring, which is in the middle of the Alps in the in Austria, yeah. right? It's you. You want that to be. I, I like the fact that different races have the different characteristics to it. So, yeah. um, yeah. So it, it's good to get a bit of. A bit of Spain in between Miami and Monaco. Thank you for listening to The Undercut with Jason, Martin, and Nick. Please rate and review, and we'll see you next time.